So today is more about um, self-discovery. And I mean like nitty-gritty self-discovery, like where you have to sit back and say, look, I did all that bad stuff too. When you're dealing with somebody who has a mental health issue and um, they refuse to get treatment or they refuse to admit that there's anything wrong with them, that could make you hmm, go crazy and maybe even uh, obtain your own mental health issues. So you got to fix that. And uh, the way you do that is by setting boundaries, boundaries with self, boundaries with um how you're allowing this person to treat you and how you're accepting it. What excuses are you making for this person for how they treat you? Um, I mean, the strongest of people, me being one of them, um, we, we fell victim to this because we, we believe that this person isn't truly doing it out of spite, that there's something wrong and that they wouldn't do this mean stuff if there was a, they wouldn't, they wouldn't do this. Right. But they do. And um, when they do it and they're done, they completely forget they have done it. And there you are, shambled. That's the worst feeling in the world because you, you, you've let your um, emotions get into the way of this thing. And you've trusted this person, but they have, a, they, have a, they have a thing. People call it narcissism. People call it bipolar. I mean, name it whatever you want. But you have to sit down and think, now, who am I to have to scrabble through these messes and figure out what the fuck is wrong with this person? Like, I'm not going to study any more books or read any more or hear any more narcissism videos or... And that's just making me think that I have the problem as well. And so I've come to the realization that this is what you do. And, and it's worked for me. You stop. You put the tennis ball down. You put the racket down. And you quit playing the game. Now, when it becomes hard to quit playing that game, then you got to really, really look at yourself. Because uh, that's when you uh, come to realize that you are also probably enjoying the game playing. So... Note to uh, yourself, write it down, keep a journal of it, and just know, stop playing. Stop playing this game with them because they're not going anywhere and they're not ever going to understand that they're going nowhere. And so for you, with your conscious self and your, your, uh, your uh, being in the moment self, searching for, see- seeking, searching, looking for self-help, you got to know, put, put, the, put it down. Today I want to talk about love, falling out of love, falling into love, love, the whole entire concept. It's probably the single most foolish thing that we do, fall in love. Well, upon pondering today, I've come to realize that uh, falling in love is probably actually the best thing that could ever happen to somebody. And the good parts and the bad parts. And to be honest with you, upon contemplation, I think I have discovered that love is 100% perfect. And even being brokenhearted is perfect because at both um, extreme angles of the situation, you're feeling something. You're alive. You get to endure something. You get to breathe through it. And you have to learn how to live through it. And so that there is a... It's amazing to me. And I today discovered that upon my contemplating. And I wanted to share that with you because I'm sure there's some people out there right now that are going through some pretty terrible shit with their love lives. And uh, 
as I'm going through it with you right now, I just want to remind everybody and myself that uh, it's beautiful. And, and it's all about mostly the feeling that you get to have and that you get to enjoy. And when it becomes about something else or it's not about that anymore, it's really hard to uh, accept and let go because then you have to become accountable for what part you played in it. Because it can't always be the other person's fault, and we know that. But to a fault, we do we do take a little, little accountability when the relationship fails. And it's, it's a human nature thing, right? I mean, I don't know, but uh, I can tell you this. I'm happy that I ever fell in love, and I'm more happy for all the ones that didn't work out because they taught me what I was going to be okay with and what I wasn't going to be okay with. And they let me know that I was alive. <laughs> They say that silence is the, the key to understanding yourself. When you can sit silently through something that's very, very hard to do, then you've overcome something super big. And for a person like me, silence is, is treachery. I'm telling you, it's like I just got put into a, I don't know, some kind of war and I'm trying to be quiet. But lately, it's working in my favor. And... I do it with something I think is like a, it's like more of a stoic way of going about it where I just have to kind of do the right thing. And when you're dealing with other people and their perception or their own belief or their view of the way that they want things to be is different than yours, well, something has to give, right? Like, mm. how do you overcome the frustrations you have of your partner when all you see is the things that they do wrong. Well, there is one step. Stop seeing them that way because all you are doing is seeing a reflection of what you hate about yourself. And if you hate something about yourself and then you see it in your partner, it therefore magnifies in them for you to see because it's something you dislike about how you are as a person. And so if you don't stop seeing it, you won't ever see them for who they are. It's shitty. It sucks. It causes all kinds of weird shit. People call it narcissism. People call it whatever it is. All it is is a battle within yourself that you can't get over something or let someone love you. Stop putting it out there like it's everyone else's shit or someone's a narcissist or someone's this or someone's that or there's a problem with everyone else except you. At the end of the day, take a deep look inside yourself. Think about what you want. Think about how you're stopping it from happening and think about what you can do to change it. That, my friends, is the only way that it will work. And, and stop looking up all this narcissism shit. I'm sick of it being in my feed. Have you ever been getting ready for company to come over or getting to be where you're going to be in public and you are like telling your kids and telling your family members like, Shh, they're coming, they're coming. Or it's like everybody has to all of a sudden act so perfect for people who they don't even really know. But yet we, we keep our manners only for people who are outside of our family. And the ones that are in our family, we treat horribly and people like let their guard down and they just kind of be them evil mean self sometimes around their family well you guys i think we've done it backwards for our whole lives i think that we were supposed to go out into the world with all of our stresses and then come back home and treat our family with kindness now it could be just that i'm uh and from a different uh breed than everybody else but i've recognized it even that i do it myself like i'll just kind of be more a little bit meaner to my closer family members than I would be to somebody who I don't know and not that that makes me good or bad or anything it just means like is there 
a real concept between that or because I would assume that when you're spending a lot of time with other people consistently that maybe you would cradle their emotions more than you would someone who you don't know. But hey, it's just a thought and usually that's all they are. How do you overcome the frustrations you have of your partner when all you see is the things that they do wrong? Well, there is one step. Stop seeing them that way because all you are doing is seeing a reflection of what you hate about yourself. And if you hate something about yourself and then you see it in your partner, it therefore magnifies in them for you to see because it's something you dislike about how you are as a person. And so if you don't stop seeing it, you won't ever see them for who they are it's shitty it sucks it causes all kinds of weird shit people call it narcissism people call it whatever it is all it is is a battle within yourself that you can't get over something or let someone love you stop putting it out there like it's everyone else's shit or someone's a narcissist or someone's this or someone's that or there's a problem with everyone else except you at the end of the day take a deep look inside yourself Think about what you want. Think about how you're stopping it from happening and think about what you can do to change it. That, my friends, is the only way that it will work. And and stop looking up all this narcissism shit. I'm sick of it being in my feed. Have you ever been getting ready for company to come over or getting to be where you're going to be in public and you are like telling your kids and telling your family members like they're coming they're coming or it's like everybody has to all of a sudden act so perfect for people who they don't even really know but yet we we keep our manners only for people who are outside of our family and the ones that are in our family we treat horribly and people like let their guard down and they just kind of be them evil mean self sometimes around their family well you guys I think we've done it backwards for our whole lives I think that we were supposed to go out into the world with all of our stresses and then come back home and treat our family with kindness now it could be just that I'm uh, from a different uh, breed than everybody else but I've recognized it even that I do it myself like I'll just kind of be more a little bit meaner to my closer family members than I would be to somebody who I don't know and not that that makes me good or bad or anything it just means like is there a real concept between that or because I would assume that when you're spending a lot of time with other people consistently that maybe you would cradle their emotions more than you would someone who you don't know but hey it's just a thought and usually that's all they are This topic is going to be about self-hatred. Now, I can tell you that if anybody who knows me knows of me, they would never have thought that back in my, I don't know, teenage years uh, that I was uh, insecure or that I had problems with self-appreciation because my image to them was that I was the shit and I had everything under control and that came with a whole bunch of burden because I had to pretend like I had it under control. I had to look like I had it under control and then I had to... uh, Uh, I guess prove it, but proving it never worked out. Couldn't get the right grades, couldn't get the spot in the play, couldn't get my room clean ever right, couldn't read books fast enough, couldn't complete a book report. And it wasn't because I couldn't do it. It was because I had overpiled myself with so much other shit to do on top of what I already had to do because I wanted to be better than I could be or be better than anybody else could ever be. And that's 
that's what started my whole entire war within myself. And the past, uh, I want to say, five years of my life have been super, super, extremely um, intro. I don't know what you want to call it. I went into treatment. I learned a lot of stuff. I already thought I knew everything because I've always thought I've read enough and studied enough because they said I couldn't do it in, in elementary school. So I made sure I did. I was diagnosed with dyslexia. And um, from then on out, I became an avid, avid reader because I needed to prove that. <laughs> to be honest with you, I had no idea that the way that I was reading wasn't right. I didn't know that I had dyslexia until I got put in treatment when I was like 13 or 14. And they did a diagnostics on me and said that I was dyslexic. And they were all baffled at how no one knew that. But it was because I didn't even know that. It's like telling a bumblebee that they can fly or they can't. They don't know. And so when I found out that I had dyslexia, it became a really big issue for me to read. And so I became a very fast speaker, anxious. I was on ADHD medication. I mean, the works, okay? Talk about anxiety to the fullest. Now. There is beauty at the end of this tunnel, though. So through that trial, tribulation of life, I have kind of always done things backwardly. <laughs> so for other people involved, it's I guess it's, it's, uh, it's awkward to watch or see. But when my manifesting happens, that's when it's the greatest because it actually happens. And that's because I've let go of everything that everyone else put on my shoulders of who I was and even who I put on my shoulders. And I have to breathe in the moment and let shit happen. That sounds so simple, and it is so simple. It's actually making your mind stop thinking about it in that moment. And so what I'm here to tell you how to do this. <laughs> oh, well, there is two humongous things you have to do. One of them is you have to let go in order to manifest. You have to let go of the inhibition to stop yourself from wanting it, right? You have to let go of the belief that you don't deserve it, and you have to gain the belief that you do deserve it. Along the way, you have to have orgasms. Mm, I'm sorry. Some people are going to hate hearing this. Um, some people will love it. Um, and some of us will just have to deal with it, like all of us, because it's the only way it works. And I guarantee you, it doesn't have to be a sexual orgasm. I'm talking, you have to feel the beauty of something where it's so orgasmically perfect that you know it couldn't be any other way. Like if the if you don't know to go left or right and the tree branch brushes your arm orgasmically perfect on the right side, then you go to the right. You just go. How do you know that you're checked in with that? You just do. And you just do. That's it. And you don't second guess it that time because that's what a, me with my anxiety, I would be a trip that would normally take a person five years. will take me 30 if I'm not at all learning anything, right? Because I'll repeat the same thing over and over again. Now, the trip that could take someone five years will also take me only a year if I'm learning because I can just pick it up quickly and rapidly. And so um, I'm inviting you guys to join me on this journey. And if you're here in Salt Lake, I'm out doing um, crazy things, but not so crazy. Like I, I go hiking, I jump in the water, I just look at the earth from the, ba from the bottom up and from up and down. And I I have fun with the earth and I I laugh at myself when the robin birds talk to me or when they're just dancing in front of me. But how perfect is it that they're doing that just while they're staring at me because they know that I'm there. Just like they say, we are connected and we got a lot to talk about and I, I want to know if anybody wants to hear it. Okay, so the starting of this podcast was to help myself discover myself through all the stuff that I know. And so here I sit, angry this morning at myself because I again have allowed somebody to push my buttons and I am with an elevated heart rate and I wasn't going to smoke but I'm smoking a fucking cigarette so here we go
Now, if you have a partner who you cannot stand, legitly, and I mean can't stand in the moments, okay, sex can be good, all the other stuff can be good, but if you can't get along with somebody and you ask them to leave you and they don't leave you and then you feel kind of stuck with them because you don't want to cause a scene for your entire family, you don't want to go outside and be yelling in front of everybody, you don't want your kids to go through the drama, you don't want your family to go through it, so you keep it in, then you get frustrated, so you have to do yoga, you have to meditate. Now, I'm sitting on this spot where I'm like, I do that every day, and so now, I'm going to sit and think, what is it about myself that is causing this frustration? Well, I can admit that I'm frustrated with having to take care of the kids by myself every weekend. And if I don't pretend like I have a headache like he does, then I don't get any free time for my kids willingly. And that's something that's not fair. And it's been spoken about, it's been agreed upon, and it's been a consistent thing that is continuously, repetitively, every fucking weekend or every day that this fucker is off, he has a motherfucking headache. And if he doesn't have a headache, he's not here helping with the kids. He's out doing his own thing. Well, then why am I so angry with it? I know that's how he is. Mm. Because he said he wouldn't be. But then you go back onto this little battle of, okay, so then what do I do? Well, what can I do? Hmm. I can be crazy. I can yell. I can scream. I can make him feel the way I do. I can be vindictive. I've done all that. It didn't work. It made me feel guilty. And then I let him stay because I was like, well, maybe I was being a bitch. So I'm going to just walk away from the situation like I've done now. And just understand that I'm going to give the force to the fact that he's up now. And he can take care of his kids. Now, if he chooses to be rude to them the way that he is to me, I can't even be in the room because I know that 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 could happen. But it seems to never truly happen. It's just a thought in my head. So I cause a humongous anxiety bubble for myself every time I walk out of the room, fearing that he's probably going to be rude to the kids. But ironically, he really never is. He's just rude to me. And so there's something about me. What is it? Hmm. Could it be that I get angry and attitude? My voice changes. The tone changes. So I could change the tone. Hey, does it sound better? You might breathe. You breathe in through the deep part of your stomach. And then you breathe down to your feet to set yourself so you're circulating, not just like high energy breaths, you know? So we go. A little bit of a twist of the head. Listen to the sprinklers. to the neck and I come back to remembering why it's important that I just stay calm for my children because they didn't ask to come here they didn't ask to be brought into this world I mean of course their soul has a purpose but does that mean that it has to be riddled with uh, confusion and disruption between your parents no does somebody have to be the adult yes is it okay that that's me most definitely yes it is and I'm going to let my kids see my happiness around them regardless of if their father irritates me when he's here because that's the right way to do it. I've tried everything else, I swear. I'll let you know what happens in the next couple hours, but I can tell you this. I feel way better. And I've breathed. I've meditated a little bit. I'm on minute 352 of my recording after about 20 minutes of um, contemplating what I should do instead of freaking out. And I think this was a good idea. And so for those of you listening, um, thanks for... Thanks for your support. I'm really glad I didn't have to unleash that on my whole family and let them know what I was feeling. This is helping a lot, honestly.
Okay, so the starting of this podcast was to help myself discover myself through all the stuff that I know. And so here I sit, angry this morning at myself, because I again have allowed somebody to push my buttons, and I am with an elevated heart rate, and I wasn't going to smoke, but I'm smoking a bunch of cigarettes, so here we go. Now, if you have a partner who you cannot stand, legitly, and I mean can't stand in the moments, okay, sex can be good, all the other stuff can be good, but if you can't get along with somebody and you ask them to leave you, and they don't leave you, and then you feel kind of stuck with them because you don't want to cause a scene for your entire family. You don't want to go outside and be yelling in front of everybody. You don't want your kids to go through the drama. You don't want your family to go through it, so you keep it in. Then you get frustrated, so you have to do yoga. You have to meditate. Now, I'm sitting on this spot where I'm like, I do that every day. And so now, I'm going to sit and think, what is it about myself that is causing this frustration? Well... I can admit that I'm frustrated with having to take care of the kids by myself every weekend. And if I don't pretend like I have a headache like he does, then I don't get any free time for my kids willingly. And that's something that's not fair. And it's been spoken about, it's been agreed upon, and it's been a consistent thing that is continuously, repetitively, every fucking weekend or every day that this fucker is off, he has a motherfucking headache. And if he doesn't have a headache, he's not here helping with the kids. He's out doing his own thing. Well, then why am I so angry with it? I know that's how he is. Mm. because he said he wouldn't be but then you go back onto this little battle of okay so then what do I do well what can I do Mm. I can be crazy I can yell I can scream I can make him feel the way I do I can be vindictive I've done all that it didn't work it made me feel guilty and then I let him stay because I was like well maybe I was being a bitch so I'm going to just walk away from the situation like I've done now and just understand that I'm going to give the force to the fact that he's up now and he can take care of his kids now, if he chooses to be rude to them the way that he is to me, I can't even be in the room because I know that, that that could happen, but it seems to never truly happen. It's just a thought in my head. So I cause a humongous anxiety bubble for myself every time I walk out of the room, fearing that he's probably going to be rude to the kids. But ironically, he really never is. He's just rude to me. And so there's something about me. What is it? Hmm. Could it be that I get angry and attitude? My voice changes, the tone changes, so I could change the tone. Hey, does it sound better? I breathe. You breathe in through the deep part of your stomach. And then you breathe down to your feet to set yourself so you're circulating, not just like high energy breaths, you know? So we go. A little bit of a twist of the head. Listen to the sprinklers. cracks of the neck and I come back to remembering why it's important that I just stay calm for my children because they didn't ask to come here they didn't ask to be brought into this world I mean of course their soul has a purpose but does that mean that it has to be riddled with uh, confusion and disruption between your parents no does somebody have to be the adult yes is it okay that that's me most definitely yes it is And I'm going to let my kids see my happiness around them regardless of if their father irritates me when he's here because that's the right way to do it. I've tried everything else, I swear. I'll let you know what happens in the next couple hours, but I can tell you this, I feel way better. And I've breathed, I've meditated a little bit. I'm on minute 352 of my recording. After about 20 minutes of um, 
contemplating what I should do instead of freaking out. And I think this is a good idea. And so for those of you listening, um, thanks for thanks for your support. And I'm really glad I didn't have to unleash that on my whole family and let them know what I was feeling. This is helping a lot, honestly. All right, here we go. Coming to you live from a real, real, real good spot. Parents today. Hmm. Now, anybody who knows me know I get raw, raw, raw. If you don't like what you hear, do not involve yourself in listening. But uh, we're going to get deep today. And we're going to get on a good level. Parents. Let's talk about parents. Let's talk about parenting styles. Let's talk about how you can look inside yourself and find out what uh, type of a flaw you are. And that takes some real, 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 real reflection. Let's go with the um, the grandparents. Let's go with the, you all know the one, the grandma that comes through and she is the shit. Everything is cool when she's around. She lets you be yourself and she never, ever, ever shows you anything bad. But she's just so cool. That's the one that you want to have. That's the one that you love hanging out with, that, that takes you wherever you want to go, that smells nice picks really cool books to read or, or whatever it is the, the coolest thing that you could ever imagine from a grandma that you would like uh, for me the, the image of, is uh, uh, on Bewitched the mom when, when, the, when the mom would come through and, and that's the cool grandma that's just perfectly magical and makes everything perfect and then you have the grandma that is uh, there and uh, you have the grandpa that is awesome 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 right the one that like your kids love to be with and that they're only supposed to be around ever so often. That is the key. So when, um, how does this come down to the trinkling of the whole scheme? Well, here we go. Okay, so let's say that uh, that's who you look up to. That's where it goes. That's what you choose to incorporate in your life. So I, I personally have a fucking cool, two cool ass grandmas that are both dead that I learned, oh my God, the most amazing things about life from, but just not by even knowing I was learning anything because it just felt good to sit in the pink room at my nanny's house and look at, um, and read the train stories or all the Christmas stories in the pink room, watching the Colvin girls, having her bring me breakfast in the morning with pancakes and homemade syrup. And it was an everyday thing on the weekend. Do you know what I mean? Now, let's say that I was raised that way. Let's say that grandma took care. Let's say that I had to live with grandma day in and day out and grandma took care of me every single day. Well, it wouldn't be so fluffy anymore because now grandma is becoming caretaker. And that relationship between grandma and grandchild has been eroded because it's too frequent. And the fun and the smelly good stuff and the things that are supposed to happen on the weekend or whatever day that you see your grandma, right? Um, and that's that on that. Now, when it becomes a permanent caretaker, on one form or the other, grandma or grandpa, they're going to lose their patience because they are now older. And uh, that, that olderness comes with they have to build up their stamina to be able to run with your children and hang out with your kids and be with you and, um, and be with them. And so lately, I can tell you guys something. I have been angry with myself, my situation, my home life, and I'm trying to figure out what went wrong. And so I'm going to be unraveling this here with you daily. And uh, I, I think I came through another breakthrough that I have been um, kind of blaming my whole whatever you want to call it on everyone else around me. 
Like, it's because of my parents. It's because of my boyfriend. It's because of my kids. It's because of my cat. It's because the grass ain't green. It's because I can't fucking smell good. It's because I have a big gap in my teeth. That's, that's, these are all reasons why I've been using to not be happy. And so I'm going through them every second of the day. And when I find myself elevating in rate or wanting to say something rude, I'm taking a break and I'm going to be speaking with you guys. Because if I can remember to do that, then how could I not fix it? So here we go. Okay, so. All right, we're back. So we left off at a grandma and grandpa are tired now, but not only are grandma and grandpa tired now, grandma and grandpa have figured out how to live life on the basis of being calm. And that, my friends, took them hard fucking work through years of trying so hard to learn how. Now, for those of us that choose to sit and be enlightened and learn from our parents, here we go. So when grandma and grandpa hang out with the kids, or if they even have to live with the kids, it is because of a choice that grandma and grandpa made to be enablers. That's okay because we all need some enablers. I am one of them. But now I get to recognize that they're enabling me and I get to be the one to stop doing this. And I'm going to tell you this is where I learn. So if I want grandma and grandpa and me and partner and cat and dog and grass green and all these things to be happy, I have to respect them. And I have to recognize that how could my kids relish the relationship with their grandparents if they have to wait until they're dead to understand it. I'm not going to make them do that. You know what? That means I have to wake up early in the mornings and relish that time with grandma and grandpa while I'm here and see what the peace is about the quiet and the calm because I'm asking them to give me breaks or frequently asking my partner to take care of the kids more or, or demanding so much more space from everybody lately. And if I do not come through this space the right way that space will be as far as nothing and my children will not see what I was doing it for and my kids won't understand why I needed the space and my family won't ever get to see it if I have to wait until they die to tell them so now I do it and I do it right today every day and uh, you're doing it with me and when you go home today or wherever you're at from listening to this remember this one thing you can take your breaks you can find yourself but you do have to remember that there are still others that haven't learned yet and they have to witness something in order to see just like you did. And the only way that you saw was by doing. And the only way that they will see is by doing with you. Kindly, with the same love you have to give yourself. Because if you stop giving it to yourself, you stop giving it to everybody else. That's just how it works. Because by God, my friend, if you are not worth caring for, how could anybody around you be worth caring for? And how could you demand someone to care for you when you, my friend, don't care for yourself? We're all equally connected. We are all from one thing. Who knows whatever you all want to call it. Whatever I call it is just this thing called, um, I mean, come on. It's, it's source. It's source. A source of something. Something to live for. And so we're all burning inside. Every one of us. We all look at it differently. We all read a different book. Talk about your book. And if for the world to hear you, at least for yourself my god it's so hard to look at myself sometimes I hate looking in the mirror but then after I do it for a minute I'm like what was I so afraid of why would I why would I keep my head down for myself I'm the only one that matters about what I see because it's all about what I see and it's for you my friend about what you see it's about how we see everything in our fucking path you have to give it the respect it deserves because it all took a long time to make it stand in ground and to become who it was
So for anyone to feel the right to shame anyone or to not understand is not fair. And I do it frequently myself. I'm going to go in and say I love you to my dad and my kids and my cat. And um, it only took me 29 minutes today. Fully. And that you're special. Well, thanks. I don't want to fuck you. Okay. I'm frustrated inside and I'm very, very angry because why? Because I feel like when I get sad, it means a lot more than when everybody else gets sad because if I'm this built up to cry or freak out or have a panic attack, it must be a lot. But lately, anyone in my world just says that, you're losing it, Lacey. How the fuck am I the one losing it? So, oh, maybe everyone just has a better way of holding it in than you, Lacey. Maybe it does feel the same way to them and they just do it differently than you. Okay, that makes fucking sense to me. No, the fuck it doesn't. Because let me tell you this. It takes me a fucking over a day to get really, really mad. A whole day to get mad of one specific thing repetitively being done to me. Now, if it takes me five fucking years to fucking every time freak out and scream at the fucking pain of something doesn't feel good, then I'm fucking, I've been conditioned to fucking accept that torture can go for a long fucking time. And that you can put up with a whole lot before you fucking say no. So you fucking asshole are doing it to me. Okay. And I tell you every time that I have a fucking breakthrough, I get it. It's like I'm saying okay to you, but I'm also letting you fucking, uh, what? I'm letting you, um, I'm still giving you the fucking, the boundary to step on me. Every time I give in to you, and I do the same thing with my children, I'm teaching my fucking children that they can accept enough punishment until the breaking point. And then they have to fucking leave. But that's after they've already put too much into it. And so that's why we're not breaking it. But we can fix it together. We can say, okay, we're doing this. We're fucking, this is not right. And we both want to be happier. So we're going to do this. Or we can't fix it. Right? And I don't fucking like that I can't fix something. So I'm sure everyone here is wondering who's Josh or who is all included in this family and what's all going on. So this is going to be another recap of what's going on in our podcast. Um, Copper Ninja is our journey through self-healing, healing your family, healing your childhood wounds and doing it with a partner because if you can't do it with your partner, then you're going to have to do it single. And that sucks because it doesn't have to be only about yourself because when you get to the point of self-discovery, you find out that it's about everyone. So um, Josh will be here. My dad will be here if he wants to be. Dylan, any of my family members will be here to hear with you guys. And thanks for being here. So we left off with me and Josh having a kind of an argument or more of me making a statement about myself. After listening to it, I thought, you know, well, I'm not the only one allowing someone to step over their boundaries because he's also with me. And he's also with me and dealing with the boundary issue, too, because apparently he's sticking through some painful stuff, too. So here's his rebuttal. Well, this is Josh. Um, I agree um, fully about what she's saying. Uh, I am. The, yes, the, um, it takes two to fix and to destroy something, you know, so a lot of sacrifice, a lot of, uh, biting your tongue, biting your lip is going to have to take place in order to fix anything that you try. Um, you know, for starters. Pink flowers. Or we could say pink panties, one of the two, because pink panties, I don't think pink panties I would ever forget, but you're right. It's not appropriate for the. Yeah, okay. Well, 
pink flowers or the blue <clears throat> the blue jay. Okay. Pink flowers for now, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, and, and when you know when you get into a disagreement or an argument, you need to learn how to use your special word. Ours is pink flower, in order to uh, uh, exit situation and de-escalate the the confrontation or the disagreement or whatever the may be getting one another heated <clears throat> to say some shit they don't mean, you know. Uh, so. Pink flowers is the way to go. It's going to be hard because if you're anything like us, you know, one little, you know, one little uh, snide remark or just some degrading or just something talking shit to one another, it's uh, it's a retaliation because we're so into the moment, I guess you would call it. Uh, but other than that, you know, if... Uh, you put in your work with each other towards each other and contribute to everything with the kids I think that in the end it will be uh, it'll be a uh, great situation you know you, you both need to contribute in teaching and um, everything else with the um, children you know it just can't be a one parent thing it's a dual parent thing and if you continue to show that the two-parent thing is always an argument or a fight, it's never going to show the uh, kids of a proper way. But other than that, I think that if you show one another appreciation or gratitude of what one another is doing, Instead of always trying to find out what they didn't do or find that they didn't do this or didn't do that and nitpicking them on that would be a much better route to go than, um, you know, nitpicking them. Because once you start getting nitpicked and uh, um, told what you're not doing right and not doing good enough or not doing it when you should be, uh, will start to make you defensive. When you get defensive, you like to... Um, rebuttal and, and defend yourself and you know sometimes that entails um being frustrated and saying things you don't mean because anytime anyone is frustrated or upset or mad um except for when you're sad is when the only probably the only time you say what you really really truly mean but any other time in an argument if you're you know angry or um frustrated you sometimes say things that you don't truly mean um just to pick at them because you feel you feel picked at or you feel um, you feel the wound a little stab wound as if they're coming in to attack you when in all reality it isn't it's they're in the same boat you're they're frustrated and they want to in their way of uh, you know doing their little stab wounds is to pick out the way that you know what they're not doing or what they're doing wrong or silly stuff like that so, yeah, that's my opinion on the on the whole thing about staying and, and um, feeling picked on. You know, you need to just not pick on each other and you need to just 
point out the good in one another and point out what they did do that day or point out, you know, hey, uh, you, you know, this looks great, 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 and maybe I can give you a hand with this. Instead of saying, well, why the hell didn't you do this? And da 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 Or what the hell did you really do? Or stupid shit like that, you know? Maybe take a different approach on on it all and say that, um, you know, like, oh, hey, this looks really nice. Um, can I help you do this? Um, oh, you look, you look, you know, you look like you're about to pull your hair out. Let me, let me take over and, and you go take a 20-minute break or something like that, you know, just, just offer the, offer the escape so that they don't feel so trapped and obligated. Um, and therefore that'll, that'll break the ice in, in a sense and, and let, let the tension dissipate, you know, and to where it's like almost like a fresh plate get a start fresh for that day or that hour or that minute because um, you can't look at you can't live it day by day week by week you know and uh you just gotta live it you just live in the moment and just try to try to bite your tongue and you know uh communication is key if you can communicate uh you will do so well communication is key okay uh that's how I feel about it all. And other than that, you know, um, I think that um, crossing each other's boundaries is is only allowed by yourself. You know, if you want to feel if you want to feel um, like your guard is down and always have to have a defense then you're always going to be defending you know and, and I don't know you'll be, you'll be looking to pick out the bad things but yeah that's my aspect on it my take on it um, yeah so I'm sure everyone here is wondering who's Josh or who is all included in this family and what's all going on. So this is going to be another recap of what's going on in our podcast. Um, Copper Ninja is our journey through self-healing, healing your family, healing your childhood wounds and doing it with a partner because if you can't do it with your partner, then you're going to have to do it single. And that sucks because it doesn't have to be only about yourself. Cause when you get to the point of self-discovery, you find out that it's about everyone. So, um, Josh will be here. My dad will be here if he wants to be Dylan. Any of my family members will be here to hear with you guys. And thanks for being here. So we left off with me and Josh having a kind of an argument or more of me making a statement about myself after listening to it. I thought, you know, well, I'm not the only one allowing someone to step over their boundaries because he's also with me. And he's also with me and dealing with the boundary issue, too, because apparently he's sticking through some painful stuff, too. So here's his rebuttal. Well, this is Josh. Um, I agree um, fully about what she's saying. Uh, I am. Yes, the, um, it takes two to fix and to destroy something, you know, so a lot of sacrifice, a lot of uh, biting your tongue, biting your lip is going to have to take place in order to fix anything that you try, um, you know, for starters. Yeah, 
flowers. Or we could say pink panties, one of the two, because pink panties, I don't think pink panties I would ever forgive, but you're right, it's not appropriate for the, yeah, okay, well, it's pink flowers, or the blue, <clears throat> blue jay. Okay, pink flowers for now, yeah. Um, yeah, and, and when, you know, when you get into a disagreement or an argument, you need to learn how to use your special word, ours is pink flower, in order to uh, uh, exit the situation and de-escalate the, the confrontation or the disagreement or whatever the may be getting one another heated <clears throat> to say some shit they don't mean, you know? Uh, so... Pink flowers is the way to go. It's going to be hard because if you're anything like us, you know, one little, you know, one little uh, snide remark or just some degrading or just something talking shit to one another, it's uh, it's a retaliation because we're so into the moment, I guess you would call it. Uh, but other than that, you know, if... Uh, you put in your work with each other, towards each other, and contribute to everything with the kids, I think that in the end, it will be, uh, it'll be a uh, great situation, you know, you, you both need to contribute in teaching and um, everything else with the um, children, you know, it just can't be a one parent thing, it's a dual parent thing. And if you continue to show that the two-parent thing is always an argument or a fight, it's never going to show the uh, kids of a proper way. But other than that, I think that if you show one another appreciation gratitude of what one another is doing instead of always trying to find out what they didn't do or find that they didn't do this or didn't do that and nitpicking them on that would be a much better route to go than um, you know, nitpicking them because once you start getting nitpicked and uh, um, told what you're not doing right not doing good enough or not doing it when you should be uh, will start to make you defensive when you get defensive, you like to um, rebuttal and, and defend yourself. And, you know, sometimes that entails um, being frustrated and saying things you don't mean. Because anytime anyone is frustrated or upset or mad, um, except for when you're sad, is when the only, probably the only time you say what you really, really truly mean. But any other time in an argument, if you're, you know, angry or um, frustrated, sometimes say things that you don't truly mean um, just to pick at them because you feel you feel picked at or you feel um, you feel the wound a little stab wound as if they're coming in to attack you when in all reality it isn't it's they're in the same boat you're they're frustrated and they want to in their way of uh, you know doing their little stab wounds is to pick out the way that you know, what they're not doing or what they're doing wrong or silly stuff like that. So, yeah, that's my opinion on the 
about staying and, and um, feeling picked on. You know, we need to just not pick on each other, and you need to just you know point out the good, point out what they did do that day, or point out you know, hey, uh, you you know this looks great, 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 and maybe I can give you a hand with this. Instead of saying, well, why the hell didn't you do this? And da 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 What the hell did you really do? Or stupid shit like that, you know? Maybe take a different approach on on it all and say that, you know, oh, hey, this looks really nice. Um, can I help you do this? Um, oh, you look, you look, you know, you look like you're about to pull your hair out. Let me, let me take over and, and you go take a 20-minute break or something like that. You know, just, just offer the, offer the escape so that they don't feel so trapped and obligated. Um, and therefore, that'll, that'll break the ice in, in a sense and let, let the tension dissipate and to where it's like almost like a fresh plate. You can start fresh for that day or that hour or that minute. Because um, you can't look at it. You can't live it day by day, week by week, you know. live in the moment and just try to try to bite your tongue and you know uh, communication is key if you can communicate uh, you will do so well communication is key okay uh, that's how I feel about it all and other than that you know um, I think that crossing each other's boundaries is is only allowed by yourself you know if you want to feel if you want to feel um like your guard is down and and always have to have a defense then you're always going to be defending you know i don't know you'll be be looking to pick out the bad things but yeah that's my aspect on it my take on it Um, yeah Okay. Oh, come here, Luna. Come here, Luna, Luna. Okay, so here we are again. Same day. Uh, I don't know if I'm going through a breakdown, panic attack, what, but these happen, I think, like three, I want to say, about three, four, five times a day, I just get to a point where everyone around me is causing me to crumble inside myself because they just don't see the picture. And, like, I'll include them in my journey. I'll ask them to join me and I'll ask them to, you know, if they're going to be with me to also make some steps and some changes, but they never occur. So I'll like start getting really crazy in a sense of like, what, what, why am I the only one in this? The only one that actually matters to do this is me. You see, but the second other problem is that I have uh, been in a relationship with Josh for five years. We are recovering meth addicts. We have a uh, resource to using weed we've resource to drinking sometimes and we've resource to smoking tons and tons of cigarettes because we almost lost our kids so now we're in this sick relationship where we have two kids together and we um we like each other a lot when we're fucking we don't like each other any other times he's hearing me talk so he's out what's up oh what's up cleaning up the house so that when you get out of the shower the kids can come home and be ready to be here nobody and, and then this is the situation that we fall back onto every single fucking day. 
So I get, this is why I gladly you're here now because the, I have become this big frequent believer that sex cannot be the only reason your relationship is good. And I know that it's true to be true because even though I completely hate sex, he still wants it. And if I feel like my pussy is disgusting, unhappy, unfucking loved, untouched, untreated respectfully, he will still want to fuck it. Doesn't matter. And then even after expressing that situation to this person over and over again, he will still act like after even 20, 30 minutes, it's time to ask again. We don't get anything done. We don't go to the store. We don't fucking clean the house. We don't do anything unless we fuck. Well, I'm cool with fucking, but not when I know it's at the expense of my own respect. Because even if we do fuck in 20 minutes, he'll still call me a bitch if he gets mad at me. So I'm breaking this boundary. And it's sickening for people that are watching and listening and and here for that to have to see that I'm enduring it. But see, I've been through far worse in my entire life than this little thing of a relationship causing me problems. Because the guy doesn't beat me. Um, He's actually really good to my kids. Our relationship is just purely a battle between him and I. And so, and my, my life around me lately has been that way. Like I'm battling with my mother. I'm battling with my brothers. My brothers call me crazy. Josh thinks that I've lost it. And so I'm introspecting this shit and I'm, I'm taking it to the other public world to see, and do I sound crazy or do I sound like I just love a lot of people that don't love themselves or me? It's for everybody else to decide, I guess. (laughs) But I was in the middle of telling you guys something else on that segment when he came out of the shower. And I was telling you that upon a fucking fruitful daily battle of continuing with what I have to do before I have fun or please myself. And I do it stoically by getting up, feeding the cat, feeding the kids, cleaning the house, taking care of my dad, like making sure that he's eating because even though he'll sit in there and smoke his cigarettes and drink his beer, he, he does need to eat. And if he doesn't eat, he gets really angry because he's diabetic, but he doesn't take care of it. And so me being the type of person I am, my whole life, he's kind of been that way. It's really just because he's kind of drinks a lot. But he is not the one that has to deserve admitting that right now because apparently he's dying soon from the sickness and I've been being told that my whole entire life by him. And dad, sorry when you hear this, but you know it's true. And, uh, and so I've sat in fear. I have six brothers and I don't really know all of them. I know four of them really well. The other two I don't know well. And uh, lately my family has been like really fucking distant and they've been like that ever since my stepmom died in 2012 that's also when I began when I became a heroin addict and a full-blown meth addict um fully recovered from my heroin addiction in 2012 and then my meth addiction is still an ongoing process I struggle with almost every other year sometimes for a month sometimes for two years sometimes for whatever the current state of time is to be determined and uh it goes every day daily from here on out and so Today, I'm good. Yesterday, good. Tomorrow, hopefully good. As long as I remember, I'm taking it moment by moment, and uh, I'm doing it stoically. I'm cleaning my kids' room right now, making their bed, putting their clean sheets on their bed, as we do every day. And we're just making sure it happens. It doesn't have to happen at midnight or 2 in the morning, and we're trying to get it done before the sun goes down. So, And I think I'm just going to stick with myself on this headset for a while. <laughs> Ow, Luna, my foot hurt. My cat got me. Is this true life? You know, does this truly have to be what I choose to call my life every day? Another day comes by, another day goes, another promise said, another thing done, another day that an alcoholic forgets what he said the night before, and a fucking apparently narcissist forgets that he just barely said that he wouldn't do that to me again and does it again 30 minutes later. 
And then I'm in a panic attack because I have to look at the world with compassion and I have to take my accountability for myself. Well, all I fucking wanted to do today was wake up, get in my yoga swing that I paid for to have hung in my fucking tree. It's still not hung up that I pay a lot of money for. Do some yoga in the morning with the birds chirping at me and with my kids outside with me doing their yoga because they love doing yoga in the fucking morning with me. And Josh doing whatever he wants to do. But you see, because I allow Josh to be here, he also has a say in what happens. And I don't just get to get up and do fucking yoga if he has a headache. And I don't just get to get up and do anything if he hasn't had a cigarette. Or I don't get to just get up and do anything if his fucking arthritis medication hasn't worked and now he's suffering pain from arthritis. Now, the battle that he's going through is his very fucking own battle. Now, I chose to be a part of it when I got with him very, very accurately. But did I choose to take on the fucking beatings that that, that virus is giving him? No. No, I've tried to be the nice, kind woman. And don't, don't think this is just all fucking, oh, but you got to do here. I've been with this fucker for five motherfucking years, okay? And I'm a very, very, very spiritual individual. Uh, when I first got with him, I studied rheumatoid arthritis for every fucking thing I could think of. Because why? I'm an avid reader. I love reading. I love knowing. I love exploring. I love testing things. I love checking out if my energy works to heal myself. I love healing my family. I love healing anything because I believe that I have that power. And I believe that everybody does if they choose to tap into it. That's not just my own thing of that I'm the only person specially wooed. I know it comes from me and it comes to everybody else, but it also takes belief. And so I study it. I try plant roots out. I have a a healing bathtub in my backyard that I created. And that's for the purpose of what I'm going to do right now. And that is go put my feet in the fucking mud and fill it up with water. Because the roots from my pine trees go directly into my tub of healing thoughts. Because every single day, if I do not do that, somehow my brain lets everybody else fuck with me. No. As if them fucking with me or me. You'll never fucking know. I guess, until we figure it out on this podcast. Hey, hey, hey. I kind of wish I had a, like, way that I could talk with other people during it and, like, get their input, but it's too embarrassing for me, man. Like, going through this moment to moment, that's why I kept it such a fucking secret the way it is because when I go in public, I'm like, when I try and tell anybody about this, it's gotten me fired. I mean, not the whole thing of that itself, but this situation currently that Josh and I are in that we've been doing for five years has gotten me nothing but backlash from everyone around me. Like, why do you stay with him then? But then... I stay with him and I'll kick him out because he's gotten me to the point. But I think the true reality is that I'm not afraid of him of like him actually killing me because I don't, I know that he wouldn't. I'm afraid of him actually dying when I leave him because he is so sick of himself with his arthritis, with everything and so unhappy that he will be completely unhappy. And he's already lost two kids to his ex-wife doing whatever and, and whose story it is on what, I don't know. I don't know what the real truth is on that, but I know that my kids love the fuck out of him. And I would never be able to take him away from them because he does come home every night and play football with my son. He does throw the ball every night with his son. And he does make sure that Addison's hair is beautiful when he does her hair. And he does show up. My mud bath is collecting um, these crazy new, uh, I guess you guys call them uh, killer hornets. They got black butts, black body, yellow stripes instead of the other way around. I don't know how to explain it. No, they're all yellow with a few black stripes, but like big ones. Let me see if I can take a picture. No, 
No, see, this is a moment in time when I would be all anxious and trying to get my camera out before the thing leaves, but they're here every day so I can take my time and find my camera app and breathe. I'm not in a hurry. I have nothing holding me. There we go. And I'll find my app the second I have my breath. And yeah, the bee is gone, but now it's just flying by me. Ah! Ah! If you're poisonous, please just go sit over here, B, so I can get a good picture of you, please. Hmm. Oh well, I guess he's gone. We'll be okay. to God believe that like only two days of my life could actually ever be filmed for everybody just kind of like that's too much but then my friends that come over and like that do actually like take the time in my head I feel like I'm just too much to deal with so I don't truly talk to people I don't truly like go out and meet people mingle I do have a few select friends that I'm comfortable with them knowing the stuff about me that's just too much for the rest of the world but this is a daily battle that I deal with inside myself and I think it's just too much to have to unleash onto anybody who's really not 100% willing to hear it that makes sense Okay, and so here I sit. I'm at Dylan's house. It's my brother. He's my brother, like I said before, that has the same mom and dad as me. He's a trucker, so he goes out of town all fucking for a long time, and he makes a lot of money, and he comes home, and then he's here, and while he's gone, my mom takes care of his house and takes care of his dogs. And it's kind of become a sanctuary. Like, I can come here when my mom's here, and my mom's here without anybody talking shit to her about her life, and she kind of just lets me vent, and then I figure shit out. I'm at a moment right now where I left the house, um... Because I don't want to cause my dad to have a heartache. And even though I am defending myself against him being a drunk, it doesn't give me the right to sit and yell at him in his own house before he gets to be peaceful. And so even though he may be causing me turmoil, it's not my right to say so. And so I leave. Lately, I've only been leaving instead of arguing with him. Um, when I do leave, though, that's when he does decide to call my family members and talk all kinds of crazy shit and say things like, I don't pay rent or I'm living off him for free and he's just doing me a favor and he wants me out. And then I jump to the defense when my family calls me asking me what I did and I try to defend myself so I never really get out of the cycle. So what I've decided to do is put my phone on silent and record my thoughts because I know the truth and I don't need to defend it to anybody else who and what I am about. And if they don't want me to live at my house anymore, I will leave. They have to understand that I've been living there at my house with the arrangement that I was going to be owning the house and helping my dad after his stroke especially um, and paying the whole entire rent of $900 a month, which is nothing for the house. So it is a screaming deal and I am getting a way big benefit. But um, with that being said, my, my assumption was that that was going to be my house and that my dad wasn't going to intervene as much as he is. The smoking in the house in front of my kids and in the room with my kids is, if, is making me have anxiety because I'm afraid that my son who plays football or was going to be an amazing football player is going to be forced to stop playing because he's going to develop asthma. But that's not for me to decide what my dad wants to smoke in the house around my kids. If, even if he wants to smoke it in the living room right next to the kitchen that we're eating in, I don't have a right to say anything. But let me also remind you that I do have to sit down and listen to him belittle me from 4 o'clock in the evening when he's drunk until he's ready to go to bed around 8. And that's literally every single night unless I defend myself like I did today. 
And then I leave because he's begun yelling, calling me a stupid cunt and screaming loud enough for my kids to hear. So that gives me a reason to leave. That's the only reason that I leave my kids and everybody. Because when I do leave, then my family calls me a piece of shit mom. Oh, I'm a drug addict again. Now I've relapsed according to my whole entire family. And I'm on drugs and I'm out of my mind. Because I, how could I just leave my kids there with them? What the fuck am I going to do? Take my kids with me when I'm already in shambles mentally fucking scared my dad's going to die. Fucking possibly fucking, according to them, on the on the brink of a fucking humongous relapse. And, and I'm shambled and broken nuts. Why would they want me to take my fucking kids? Why would I even feel fucking safe enough to when all day long? I'm belittled every day about my actions. But the thing is, I know myself really well. And I know that my kids are not better off without me. But I do have to get stable first. And I can't allow anybody else to infiltrate me. And if I want to live in that house forever, I have to become okay with my dad treating me like shit. And I'm actually not okay with it. So I've had time to sit and reflect on my day. Um, I share stuff automatically because I don't want to have to stop myself. Because the process of making this podcast has been a whole bunch of like cell phones full of stuff to podcast and then deleted and never sent. And so now I force myself to send it, post it, make it available so that in case someone does like hearing it, they can because I think that my journey's real. So I'm back at um, square one, though. So today I argued with my family. I didn't argue, actually. I just let them argue with me. Kind of got involved, and then I ended up leaving to go for a little break when um, my emotions were hurt and I didn't want to keep being rude. I've calmed down. I've meditated. I got stung by a freaking hornet on my forehead. And it was the the moment that reminded me that I was, again, being forceful when I'm supposed to just chill. So I, I'm back at square one of my uh, daily task of trying to be kind. My dad has now called me and said that he's sorry. I have now said sorry to my dad. And now I'm just in the midst of wondering why Josh can't just be kind. But he says I'm the one being rude. So I don't know. But I guess that's it. Okay, here we are. It's the end of the night. Me, Addison, and our cat Luna are laying in my bed and we're getting ready to go to sleep. Addie, say hi. <laughs> Addie's tired and she wanted to watch PJ Masks, but she didn't want anybody to watch it in her room with her, so now we are laying in my bed with no TV and a cat. How do you feel about that, Addie? <laughs> That's Addie for you. Did you have a good day at Grandma's though? <laughs> well, she just got home from Grandma's and having a great day and, uh, we are signing off for the night. And uh, say goodnight. Okay, Luna, you say goodnight. Jace, say goodnight. Jace is in his room. He said goodnight. All right, well, we're off to another morning. And uh, our uh, quote of the day is going to have to be that you just got to ride the wave. And like, quit trying so hard to force things to happen your way. Because even when you... Uh, completely pull yourself away from the ones that love you because you feel like they're not being there for you. All you're doing is letting them know that you can't hang, but you can, I can, we can, and uh, pull together for the kids. Good night, baby, give me a kiss. Love you. Oh yeah, one more thing. Just because people disrespect you and call you mean names, the easy thing to do in the moment and the unstoic thing to do in the moment would be to revert back to how you were before and calling them names as well and being the same but we're not the same we refuse to be the same and we will never call someone mean names we will never disrespect them in their own presence even if they are being rude to us and that's practicing stoicism and it's hard to do when you have to actually walk away and see yourself allowing someone to say the mean things to you without 
rebuttaling or saying anything back. But we did it. We accomplished it. And we love each other, right? <gasps> Say yes, Eddie. The wisdom of enlightenment, we all have it. It's in every one of us. Um, it's because of our mind telling us that we don't know what we are or who we are that we seek to ask other people or look for advice and guidance from other people, quote, highly enlightened, um, so that we can get essence of our mind. Mm, you should know that so far, as, eh, I guess, I mean, as far as Buddha nature goes, at least, uh, you can be enlightened or ignorant. And you can be an enlightened man and an ignorant man at the same time. What makes the difference is that some people realize it while some people fail to see it and they seek living ignorance forever because looking at self would be kind of shitty. Hello, my friends. I'm back at you again from another dive in enlightenment. So, you know, I'm coming to you guys in a, a world, the world, the world right now that we're in, we are all in chaos we are all living in this chaos together. Look at the freaking stuff out in the world right now. I was watching the news the other day, and uh, I was watching a little girl, or maybe she was 17 or 18 in the hood, and she got shot out there trying to defend her fellow, her fellow colored-skinned people of the same color of her, and they were out there doing the Black Lives Matter thing, and um, she got shot by her own people that were getting crazy in the, in the midst of trying to defend themselves from whatever was going on. But you know what happened to her? She was crushed, dude. She was crushed to be defending, and she was out walking a peaceful parade, is what she was told she was going to be participating in, and what they, what they advertised. It got unpeaceful. That's the shit I'm talking about. <laughs> Men of all ages look on at the chaos, which is their freaking inheritance from all of us stupid-ass, selfish people. <laughs> and now we all get to join in and was become a universal cry of disillusionment, my friends. Dis-fucking-illusionment. You know... To be honest with you, I just want to say, stop the world. I want to get the fuck off. But you can't do that. It isn't that easy, dude. Um, but we're here at a perfect time. So we can look at it and the anger of it. We can be angry about what happened to this girl. We can be angry about what's going on. Or we can all pull together like I hope we are going to do because that's the smartest thing to do. But not pulling together as a whole. We need to pull in together as individuals. Doing things stoically. Doing the right thing because it feels good. Um... I mean, a long time ago, people developed this medications that they helped with, you know, okay, well, if that breathing technique didn't work, let's just get something that works with really fast and we'll take away the, the anxiety of it. But it also leaves you feeling a little woo-la. So the whole day you're going around feeling like this is fucking great. It wasn't supposed to happen that way because once you check in and you breathe right and you actually use the magic tools that people have studied and given us, we find that um, meditation, breathing, checking in with yourself, yoga, all that stuff, it does bring you to a higher realm of living and you do feel higher without any need to use substances that were man-made or created out of selfish greed. Now, everything has a karmic sense to it, right? So everything you do is karmically affecting you, the world around you, and everything you touch. And so I, I recommend for this cycle of existence to stop, for the sorrow to end, and for the flourishment of others, yourself, your kids, your family to go on, you set back down and you practice with your family, with yourself, silence, meditation, yoga, breathing, enlightenment, tune yourself in, see if it works. I mean, we're so quick to pick up the dope and smoke away the pain. Why not breathe it away? Hey, and you're talking to a recovering addict, so it worked for me. I can tell you guys it will work for you. Um, life follows life. Incarnation follows incarnation. And all of them spell 
anxiety, and sorrow as we sit right now. But we can change that for the next generations. And that's all that matters is that our life continues to go on because you're not going to stay here forever until we get to that point, right? And if we do get there, great for us. But I mean, think about it. We're not all going to be here forever. We all know we're going to die. So why not make sure that while we have this perfectly platformed thing to start from, we start correctly. Why put kids back in school right now? What were they learning there? To be bullied, to be... Some kids were committing suicide left and right by the, by the amount of terror they were getting put through by other kids. And those kids were just being terrorists to other kids because their family members were being terrorists to them and they didn't know anything different. And everybody was put into public schooling and taken away from their families to try and live a life of how to work and make money for the man making more money than you who's paying you at a lower rate than he should ever be paying you because he wants to make money off of you. Uh, that cycle stopping and I'm not going to be a part of the one jumping back on the wagon for free and I mean free as in for somebody to take my emotions and allow my world to get turned upside down because I need to impress somebody or be something I'm not or try harder than I did before I'm good on it and I, and I think that maybe some of you are too I don't know it's not that simple though I've been practicing this for five freaking years you guys it's hard daily I have to sit back and breathe and remember my kids get up and they're mean or that there's something going on and I want to lose my temper. How often do you actually check in until it's already done? It's hard to do. It's called the great work. Um, the release. It's the specific psycho-spiritual discipline. Escape might come. It's come for me before and it comes for me daily. Um, eons, eons before... The whole entire existence can get it together. I can get it together on my own. You can get it together on your own. And each one of us individually is the only ones responsible for getting it together on our own. Um, this release is learned. It comes only through the achievement of a higher consciousness by self. Call it cosmic consciousness, the mystical experience, communion with God. It all says the same thing, the same message. Release. Breathe. Um, I've learned it comes only through the achievement of a higher consciousness by myself. Uh, call it cosmic consciousness, the mystical experience, like I said before. None may know it for another. Each man must himself attain it for himself. Awareness of his own oneness with infinite life. The consciousness that a state of separateness exists only within its own mind. Not until man does recognize that he is himself a micro, microosm, I guess you'd say, micro, microism. Mm, I don't know if that word's right, even if it's in the real world, but you know, you're a microism of a macroism. I think that is how it goes. A reflection of the universe, a world within itself, ruled and governed by my own divinity. Then and only then can I escape myself. It is the achievement of this one realization with all, all the times if you get a mystic book if you look at a Wiccan book if you look at a, a book about chakras alignment, Reiki all that shit all that magical stuff it's all boiling down to the one one same thing it's pretty much magic in various forms of uh, teaching right I mean the great work the great work is not accomplished overnight or even in one lifetime but the sooner that you try to take on the task, the sooner it will be finished. And the quicker will be the release of the cycle of necessity, the will of evolution to which common humanity is bound. Millions of years are going to pass 
in the normal process of evolution before the mass of kind will reach the state of freedom, which those few individuals who apply themselves to this work can accomplish in a fraction of the time, you guys. I'm not kidding you. A fraction of the time. Five years for me is what it's taken me to sit down and meditate. Five years. And everything is working for me. I'm in alignment. Everything works. Everything flows. But don't get me wrong. It's not perfect. I have my days. I fight with my family. I fight with my brothers, my sister, my everything. My cat even sometimes. But when I sit back and I do meditate and I look in the moment and I breathe, I look at beauty surrounding me. Nothing but beauty. Everything I ever wanted, I have it. Everything I ever dreamed of, I'm making it. And, and that's all that I could ask for. And how could that be happening during a pandemic when I've just lost my job? I don't know. You tell me, but it works. It's because I'm grateful. Everything that breathes is pure joy. Listening to the birds, seeing the flowers you can plant, it's, it's amazing. And it has also been written, I am divided for love's sake, for the chance of union. This is the creation of the world. That the pain of division is as nothing and the joy of disillusion all. Herein lies the value of magic. Under ordinary conditions, months may be required for the flowering of a plant. But the use of a hot house will produce identical results within a few weeks. An understanding and application of magic can telescope the time required for man to acquire the realization of his own divinity. Then... Once he has become aware of the existence of his higher self and works in cooperation rather than opposition to it, once he looks to it for guidance and direction, thenceforth regarding his ego as a tool, sharpened and polished to be employed now to fulfill the divine plan rather than in the indulgence of his own petty purposes, then will his way become easier. Long before obtaining his final release, then may he move forward on the upward path with joy and fulfillment so it is <laughs> that at a time right now when the planet seems to be rocking beneath our motherfucking feet legitly earthquakes happening all the time i derive great pleasure from being here with you guys right now it is this specific connection that stands dependable and relatively changeless um It's basic principles, magic, which can speed the student on their way to be blessed and released from the necessity of the accursed will. Once I've gained mm, my new passing value, I mean, I, I'm sure I'll be good. But there you go, on the contrary. All the things I've learned from the mass amount of books I've read, um... My favorite one right now is, uh, I don't know. Actually, I'm reading a whole bunch, but books are teaching me tons of things because I'm able to read and I was taught to read by beautiful people. And so I can never be ungrateful for that. But um, I can tell you one thing, practicing and implementing these things into my life every day, they all say the same thing. They've all been the same book I've read a million times. Sit down, shut the fuck up, breathe. And you got to breathe in from your stomach. My Aunt Lisa taught me this just three days ago. Aunt Lisa, thank you so much. Maybe four days ago. You breathe in from your stomach, and then you push it back down to the ground. You only have to do that once or twice to actually get the full effects of grounding. I was practicing it wrong before, but that's it. Breathing, just breathe. Sorry, it took me 10 minutes to tell you all that. Good afternoon, everybody. Um, I just looked at my views, and I have a ton, so I'm super happy, which means I can share more. 
So uh, I'm in my backyard right now. I have a started my own little business called Trainwreck Incorporated out of my backyard. And it's just a healing gardens. Um, we have every kind of vegetable you could possibly think of planting that would grow. And uh, we have a, I guess you'd call it a mud bath. Um, Josh has created it for me and it's got seats in it and it's, it's got all these amazing roots from my big humongous pine trees here. And they go, I mean, directly, it's the craziest thing. They just kind of flow directly into this mud hole that I found. And so we have little holes in here that have root pockets. And so every full moon and sometimes new moon, I've been coming out here and doing this little cleansing ritual for myself. And I had the most crazy dreams afterwards and my skin has healed and it's just amazing and I wanted to promote that and let people know that this place is free um, I expect people just to come here and plant whatever you want to plant here take whatever food you need from here and come and relish in the gardens bring your kids to play just respect it and uh, those of you in Salt Lake you know Sandy Draper area you know where I'm at so come on over and bring your family and yeah also I was thinking too about um anger you know this morning I woke up a little bit irritated and I, I came out here and I remembered like something that someone had told me they said you know your emotional resilience will benefit you far more than um you know being hurt by people or letting things get to you that you have no control over and it makes sense when people say it and it makes sense when you think about it but in the heat of the moment how do we not allow anger to invoke our our need to say something rude to somebody or to lash out I'm still struggling with that, but, um, okay. Sorry. My last, uh, audio wasn't finished or I thought it was recording and it wasn't. <laughs> so I think I left off telling you all about Trainwreck incorporated my little business. Um, the gardens are free to enter. It's also free to bring your own stuff to plant. There's tons of space. Um, plus with the drought, a ton of stuff died. So I mean, not drought, but like the last couple of days were really hot. I consider it a drought in my eyes, but, uh, it was really hot and watering the whole entire thing just kind of skipped my mind. So I think like five or six plants died. So there's actually like really nice area to put some stuff. But I also have tons of area in the yard. If you guys um, don't have your own backyard and you just want a spot to come and plant some things, you're more than welcome to just respect the home and the yard. Um, there's books here. There's jewelry that I hand make. There's some clothing. There's, um, I mean, really, it's more of just a self-help sanctuary where you can come here and find your own self-help tools and then utilize them all you want without anyone pressuring you or telling you what to do. I can't promise you that I won't be all up in your ear if you come over, but it's it's always fun and a good time. So you guys are all welcome to come over. Head on over to my Facebook page, Trainwreck Incorporated. Like the page. You can see the photos of the shop, things that are going good here, what's growing, what's not working. Leave me some tips. And uh, yeah, we'll check back in a little bit later, guys. Okay, y'all, so I'm sorry, but I've kind of been going on this whole crazy uh, thing about you'll see it when my anxiety hits or whatever. So I got medication from my doctor. It's called hydroxazine because, as everybody knows, I'm a recovering addict. So treating my anxiety with Xanax and stuff was just not a really good idea because it does make you feel better. And so there is something called hydroxazine that's kind of a – anyways, it helped out. Look into it. What I was getting on the topic of is that I'm having another one of my little mini anxiety attacks, and it's a – there's a whole bunch going on. I'm going to do my best not to describe any of it and just uh, tell you how I get through it. Now,
nice usually talking to somebody helps but it's like then they become like they are like my new therapist or something because then I'm like just going on and on with this anxious tangent so I'm gonna stop because I'm just talking to myself now and I know what I gotta do breathing in through my stomach pushing down to the floor Little twist of the neck. And that, my friends, is how you get out of it. Um, and then you just have to remind yourself that you think of all the things positive around you. And I've got everything I could ever want and more. I've got all three of my beautiful children here. I've got my cat. I've got my dog. I've got my dad. My brother's a phone call away. My mom's just down the street. I've got incense to burn. I've got candles to smell. When I go outside, I have a beautiful garden with beautiful grass, and it's all green, and I get to relish here. I'm in the world. I'm alive. And the moment that I'm in it is what matters. Mm. Now, want me to tell you guys some other crazy stuff? Yeah, I know you do. But now i got to go to sleep. I ruined the whole part of getting out of my own head. So good night. So there you have it. That's what I, I wanted to share with you guys is that in the midst of all of the um, uh, crazy thoughts I have in my head, there is something really special inside of there that it's like calm and serene. And when, when I get to that point, I can say some really good stuff and I, I make a really good point. And once I'm not as jumbled as I have been, you guys will hear it. And that's what I'm ready for. And that's what I'm manifesting. Step the fuck up. Be a human. Yeah. No? Uh -huh. Nothing about it? Hmm? I'm just mad as fuck, dude, because I'm in trouble now. It's not my fault. It is not. It's your own choice. It's not my fault. Beg me, beg me for that little fuck. Oh my god, here you go talking more shit. You just quit talking more shit. shit. Maybe life will turn out your shit. way. Shit? Shit I'm talking? You get to talk kind of. <laughs> You're funny. I would have had mine, dude. I didn't beg you and beg you. Uh, okay. Totally a good idea.
when you come in here and raise shit in the house where your kids live and put words out there and making everybody make sick. Some, make some shit for their kids. Make make, get some plates ready. Do I don't know how to do any. Get some plates ready. The way you go talk about me to all your friends. I don't talk to you. Go talk about me to your cousins and all the icky shit. It's just draining you, dude. It's raining. Put flattering yourself, bro. It's raining. Yeah, make bigger mess, Addison. 
You're gonna fucking clean those up now. Fucking little asshole, man. Yeah, get dolled up and bouncy. Where else did you go when you left earlier, Lacey? Watch, put it on. Hey, you better quit. Slide your arm. Yeah. And then go like this. Uh, 
to make it to your lane. Hopefully, hopefully it falls and lands right on your head. Yeah, that'd be great. Keep it up. Perfect desire for you, Joshie. Yeah. Keep it up. Hopefully, it's going to land right on your forehead. No luck. How can you make food made out of hate? Lazy Scott, dude. How could you make food made out of hate? I need it. I'm not happy to. Oh, Lord, here we go. I don't know what time they go to bed. I haven't been awake for days. I've been checked out for the last year and a half. Bad luck. Huh? He doesn't have bad luck. Thanks. Mm -hmm. 